This is Guys Read Romance, where I, romance author Margot Radcliffe, politely strong-arm my male friends into reading and chatting about romance novels with me for an uncomfortably long period of time. Uh, today, I'm talking on the podcast with my friend uh, Giovanni De Federici. According to him, uh, we just became friends last month, despite having known each other for over a decade. <laughs> but luckily, uh, despite our tenuous acquaintance, he still agreed to be on this podcast. He's a talented artist, graphic designer, and higher ed administrator for a tech boot camp, right? Yep. Um, who was once accused of painting penises into a public mural this is true Um, (laughs) turns out it was just a squid (laughs) but if one did want a penis in a mural i he could probably deliver that which i suppose is what makes him a perfect guest for the (laughs) podcast (laughs) some people just see penises everywhere (laughs) and what a great life that would be (laughs) all right (laughs) <laughs> um, nevertheless, thank you so much for coming, and I'm so excited to talk about romance with you. I'm down. Good to be here. Awesome. Thanks. So before we get into the game, why don't you tell me what you normally read um, or what you've read in the past or what you like to read? Or Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I've got a really varied past. I started, you know, done art. I have written before. I wrote a book nice. that got published in 2012. Yeah. I mean, it's not fiction, but it was related to design and web development and stuff like that. So right, check it out. You can get it on Amazon. What's it called? Web Designers Roadmap. Web Designers Roadmap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess what I typically read is uh, either nonfiction. So, mm-hmm. you know, economics or current issues, things like that, philosophy. Or I like sci fi, horror, genre fiction, stuff like that. I do like some of the classics, although I find a lot of them incredibly boring. So. <laughs> Sure. They can be snoozers. Yep. Um, So what was the last book you read? Do you remember? The last book I read was Dune because uh, the movie's coming out. Right. Did you watch the movie? I did. I did watch it. Did you like it? I did. I had a couple (laughs) gripes, but in general, I think it was a vast improvement from David Lynch's. Is one of your gripes, like, why is Timothy Chalamet so popular? You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what? Uh, maybe I'm just old, but I didn't really know anything about him until the film. Yeah, and I was like, he looks the part, which uh-huh. is good enough for me. And right. you know, he doesn't have to say much in the movies. So <laughs> <he kinda laughs> as long as he looks right, it's kind of good enough, you know. Um, I just don't get like I don't. I guess I just don't get it. But all right, as, as long as he didn't ruin it, right? Yeah. Well, it, this is just seems to be what people are into these days, and so I don't understand. Sure. Yeah. So why then? You, so you've read a bunch of stuff. Dune, obviously, very um, dense science fiction. So why do you think up until I am assuming up until this point, I've, I'm assuming this is the first romance novel you've read. Yeah. And so why do you think that you haven't read one until now? Well, uh, I think mostly because I, I think I associate romance novels with like romance movies, which I generally can't stand. Mm -hmm. I just find them not just to not be that compelling. Like some of them are great. Like I think Pretty Woman is a good movie. There's a handful of movies that I think have like a good like romance element to them. Like one of my Mm -hmm. favorite novels is A Farewell to Arms. uh And a big portion of that is really Mm -hmm. a romance story between two characters. That's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. books of all time. You know, Mm -hmm. it has Mm -hmm. essentially no sex in it, but it's Uh really like a romance 
story. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if this is like a faux pas, but, you know, I sort of imagine quote unquote romance novels as being like the old lady porn. I think that's kind of one of the phrases that people say. Great. Um, Uh So I guess it's some of these associations, which were just not made it that interesting to me, you know. So when you were a young kid, it was old lady porn. So like your mom, did your mom read romance? No, no. Mom read like Anne McCaffrey and um, Stephen King and stuff like that. Fantasy, horror, genre fiction, things like that. Nothing like super heavy, but lots and lots of stuff. Very sort of like popular novels right so this is the second time somebody has where they've said it seems like it was for like older ladies and older lady porn so like you don't like porn is that what you're saying but so it's like not interesting it's not that it just seemed like it's not the right thing it's not i'm not the intended audience for it you know what i mean so there's probably just some preconceptions there you know sure well i guess that's what i'm trying to get at like why is something that's for women not also for men well i mean because i think all of these i think all novels have an intended audience right so even if you take something like very um heady or tense like uh like the road or something like that like cormac mccarthy or something there isn't there's kind of an intended audience for that there's a rom like yeah. not romance in the way we're saying but it's a romantic novel for a specific type of person yep and so i guess that it's going to resonate most closely for people who have those experiences you know and so mm-hmm. there is an element of like being inside the head of characters where if you can't really relate, it's just hard to understand what it is that you're even reading. Sure. So you can't relate at all to like falling in love, having a relationship. <laughs> no, that? It's not no? that. Just <laughs> complete mystery to you. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, those, those common experiences get colored, right? By who you are and what, you know, there's a, that is one level of common experience, which is a hundred percent universal in theory. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But the way that it's represented is not. Sure. It's not going to be universal in the way that you're describing it. So I think right. that I think that there's just some preconceptions there. So did that, well, we can talk about this more in depth later, but does that hold up after reading this book? You feel like you couldn't relate to what was in this book? There, Well, it, I will admit that it surprised me in some of the themes, mm. um, which seemed like way more traditional than I thought they were going to be. Uh-huh. I imagine some like very non-traditional elements to this romantic story, given the context and sort of uh, that it was written in the modern age sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it would like it read as a very sort of traditional story to me, which was which was very interesting. I was like, I was kind of drawn into that element of it. Okay. Cool. Um, so well, we will get into it in a minute. Um, but first, we're going to play a game the first game. So I am going to read you two sex scenes, you have to guess which one is written by a man and which one is written by a woman. Okay, I apologize for my delivery. <laughs> All right. Sure. His hand curled around the back of her neck, and he possessed her mouth with warm, hungering pressure. She opened to the silky intrusion of his tongue, the exquisite taste of him making her head swim. He eased her back onto the bed, kissing her lazily, filling her senses with slow fire. That's number one. Okay. Number two is, she found his testicles first, and not at all afraid now, She curled her fingers softly round this extraordinary bristling item she had seen in different forms on dogs and horses, but had never quite believed could fit comfortably on human adults, or excuse me, on adult humans. 
Drawing her fingers across its underside, she arrived at the base of his penis, which she held with extreme care, for she had no idea how sensitive or robust it was. I think I would guess that the second was written by a male and the first written by a female. Okay, so the second one you think, the one I just read you think was written by a male. Correct. All right. Yes, you are correct. That yeah. was Ian McEwen on Chesil Beach. And the first one was Hello, Stranger by uh, Lisa Kleypas. Yep. So can you know why? Can you tell me why you guessed which one is which? Uh, well, one seemed to be focused. One seemed to be more focused on details about the male experience sure. that might be difficult for a woman to understand. So I, that was one hint. But the other was sort of the, the choice of language. Sure. One was more florid, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. It was also like had a lot of descriptive terms that were related mm-hmm. to feelings and mm-hmm. not like internal feelings. And the other was more matter of fact mm-hmm. and outwardly focused. So it brought in details that were kind of irrelevant to the immediate experience. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dudes do that when they write. Like, right. you know, so I like, think there were, I think, you know, if I had to guess, it would be those things that made me think. Okay, great. Yeah. So like in different forms on dogs and horses, probably yeah, like, not needed. That seems like a very male detail. Yeah. Also yeah. dumb. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All it just, right. It just, I mean, it doesn't ring true as the kind of thing that, I mean, look, I don't know. I don't have a, I mean, I've been with Amanda for my entire adult <laughs> life. So it's not like I've been out <laughs> dating a bunch of women or anything. But right. so when, when you ask me like what what's inside, you know, who would write this? Like that's who I imagine is what kind of details would my sure. wife give a shit about? And I'm telling you that the anatomy of dogs and horses would not <laughs> answer that conversation. Listen, you know she, I mean? she went 45 minutes on goats last month. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, but, not in, but in this context, you know. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was all in on the goats, but by minute forty-five, I was like, "Oh, Amanda's drunk." <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, okay. yeah. anyway, so okay, we're gonna talk about the book now. The book is Mating the Huntress by Talia Hibbert. Yep. Some things about her: she's a New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author. She's also the recipient of the uh, Ripped Bodice Award for Excellence in Romance Fiction. She is extremely popular right now. She has three rom-com, like full-length rom-coms that are huge bestsellers. They're all over all kinds of lists. You'll see them in, you know, the displays at Barnes and Noble. So she is huge right now. And real quick, here's the book's description. Again, it's Mating the Huntress. It's actually a novella. It's also a Halloween romance. Chastity Adolfo uh, knows a monster when she sees one. And as soon as Luke Anthony wanders into her family's coffee shop, she recognizes the evil lurking beneath his charming smile and fantastic arse. This handsome werewolf is determined to have her, but she is determined to cut out his heart. Little does she know, Luke's plans for her are far more pleasurable than murder. And when the full moon rises, all bets are off. All right. So... Well, first of all, like I gave you a list, right, mm-hmm. of books to choose from, the, mm-hmm. and you requested paranormal mostly, I think. And so, yep. what it, was there something about this one in particular, and like why you chose it? Well, I mean, I chose paranormal just because I thought it'd be interesting. I didn't mm-hmm. want like a period piece or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I thought there might be elements that are kind of related to the things that I read already okay. that would help me, you know, get into the story. 
Okay, great. Yeah. And so what were your then like looking at the the book and the blurb and tell me some of the feelings like you had about it, maybe assumptions you made before reading actually reading it? Well, so I read through like all the blurbs and looked at all the covers. There is a kind of homogeny to them. So I wasn't exactly sure what to think about some of that. Okay. Uh, I mean, because the, the genre is wrapped up in, you know, the romance between two characters, there are elements of kind of every description that are similar. And okay. then... Um, of all the books, you mean? Of all the books, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I, you know, it was like some of the some of the more plotty or contextual details that made, made it kind of interesting. So the werewolf thing I thought was interesting. The The word arse was hysterical to me. So <laughs> She is British. So I yeah, so... <laughs> which is fine. I just found it really funny. Um, funny. Yeah, I think it was little things like that. I don't know that I was critically analyzing it. I think I was kind of going by instinct. The covers are hysterical to me. (laughs) All the covers are funny, um, which is great. Because it's just like a werewolf or what? Yeah, it was just like some dude and, you know, some ripped dude and like sure. low slung jeans, you know, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and they can't keep them on. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, there's no belts available in, <laughs> in this world. So yeah. <laughs> as a graphic designer, are there elements of the, the covers that like stood out to you that you thought were like kind of rote or like anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that well, it, it was what I expected. Basically, uh, it seems to me that covers in this genre serve like a really distinctive purpose, <laughs> yeah. which is to market as part of the genre, <laughs> you know, and um, I, I think, you know, it, it clearly does that well. It's working, you know, so I would say that it's a successful set of designs, sure. you know, in the abstract. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a thing right now, and I kind of brought this up because a lot of you'll see a lot of nude guys are just like half naked guys in indie publishing and yeah. not so much like in mainstream like paperback like traditional publishing anymore they've kind of gone like a cartoon illustrated route for covers and so it has been interesting to me watching indie romance because they're all using like stock images so like right. i have seen this one particular guy's face like on eight books <laughs> on eight different books by different people and like so it's yeah i mean it works but it's also like feels like a little like okay (laughs) i don't know i'm gonna try something different maybe but anyway actually the 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 talk about covers is actually pretty is interesting because like there was a big change for say horror novels Mm -hmm. where back in the day in the 80s and early 90s and stuff they had these like very graphic sort of interesting illustrated covers Mm-hmm. They were extremely evocative of the material in them. Like you think about like old, like Salem's Lot, for instance. Right. The cover of Salem's Lot was awesome, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was sort of campy. It had sort of a it was like a throwback to like Creep Show or Crypt Keeper stuff. That stuff was awesome, yeah. and it really sold the the sort of pulpy content which people love. Mm-hmm. And then at some point in the late nineties, there was this shift where it it was almost like they were trying to make it more art house or it became much more graphic. It was text-based and flat colors and there wasn't as much depth to the illustration. And I don't know what what the change was in publishing. Maybe it was cost or, or, you know, just some desire to elevate the form in some way or make it seem more credible and get away from the pulpy sense of sensibility. But I think it was a mistake. It it lost a lot of the charm and it just looks like all of the other fiction out there. So there's some, there's something to, kind of keeping with the campiness of the genre, which I actually think is good. I, I, I mm-hmm. kind of like appreciate that about it. So like when I say that I think that these covers are serving their purpose, mm-hmm. I'm not like, 
I actually think it works, you know? Oh, yeah. Do, yeah, do yeah. I think we could get away? Could we get away from like having the same dude on the same on every cover, you know, probably, but yeah. you know, maybe well, he's really I mean, good looking. And that's, and that's, <laughs> yeah, well, sure. But like, it's also that's recognizable because it's his face. But like, also the same pair of abs is probably on millions of covers <laughs> without the face. You know, it's probably just yeah. like, here's some out and like, it's probably everywhere. And you don't notice because there's other stuff, but like, Certainly, some guy, some guy is making a lot of money on just his his ass. I hope Which, so. Sure, yeah. I mean, that takes a lot of work. So, and he's probably terribly depressed. But all right, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's it's neat about the covers. It's obviously computers had something to do with all of this, and like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe like actual drawing will make a comeback. Well, I mean, there's there's also fantasy. I mean, there's like yeah. some genres have managed to keep that charm. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at like the Wheel of Time covers. Right. Those things are awesome. You know, and they really sell that genre, and they feel right. You know, I mean, is, it could make it a pivot. Anyway, all right, okay, let's move on to number two. Were you so you picked the you picked paranormal. Was it paranormal enough for you? What did you think about that element? Were you satisfied? Uh, a little, not really. I, <laughs> I would say that it was less paranormal than I thought it was going to be. Right. Because it was very, I mean, like the co- the coffee shop element to it mm-hmm. was just jarring, you know, anachronistic. But that could have just been because of my expectations. It was mm-hmm. more like Twilight than I realized where it was sort of the world, but with some paranormal elements mm-hmm. to it. When right. When I read the, I mean, so... It uh, that was a, that was a little surprising to me, but yeah. I think that there were some elements that I actually mm-hmm. found pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Where the sort of well, actually, can we? I don't know how much about the plot we want to talk about so that people will read it. Oh, but, you can um, go ahead. I mean, okay, yeah. cool. But um, I guess yeah. But the sort of nature of werewolves within the universe mm-hmm. was kind of interesting. The sort right. of misunderstood qualities about them mm-hmm. that I I thought was kind of a nice little twist that made Luke's character make more sense and more interesting and have more depth, things like that. Yeah, yeah, and and taking into consideration that it is a novella, so like that world building element that's like kind of paramount to to paranormal and fantasy kind of like doesn't have a lot of time to like develop, right? So. I thought she did a good job, and I did think that that werewolf thing, because it's the first, I mean, I've read a fair number of werewolf books, and it's always, like, one werewolf, (laughs) (laughs) like, one type of werewolf, and so it wasn't just say, okay, like, this is a society of werewolves, and some of them are different, and whatever, and yeah, that was a little bit, at least filled out. Yeah, that was the element that I found interesting. It was one of those things where, reading through it, I was like, man, this could be a different scenario, this dynamic between the lead and the the love interest you know it could have been a rich evil tycoon and you know poor socialist or something like that you know and learning about that other world or whatever i mean it could have been something like that which was more like politically angled or it could have Mm -hmm. been sci-fi where this kind of misunderstanding about the nature of that person was central to it but Mm -hmm. i I actually thought that worked worked pretty well i I think it made sense yeah i thought that it was neat that she also was a huntress i could have used more explanation actually maybe there maybe she has different books um i looked on the website it appeared to me that this was the only like werewolf book she had but i thought i could have used more description about what they did really i mean it seemed like they were only they like just hunted werewolves but like i didn't actually know much about them so like i was like are they really that good at hunting them then because like wouldn't they at this point (laughs) know more i don't know so yeah 
that did i will agree that 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 was it seemed like a bit of a gap that that would be have that would have been some sort of lost information since that's literally what your society is focused on well if she was running that coffee shop i guess she was busy but i mean <laughs> too <laughs> and and like at the beginning i kept thinking that she was gonna like throw the knife at him because that's what like they kind of set her at like her sister mm-hmm. at the beginning has the run in and like has the description and i also was the, at the start of the book, I was like, yeah, victory, let's go. And then it was some other girl. And I was like, yeah, I like this. That caught me girl. off guard, too. I actually got confused at the beginning. Yeah, because I was reading about victory. And then it switched to uh-huh. um, chastity. And I was like, it took me a minute to real. I had actually went back and was like, oh, it was victory talking about chastity. Yes. It, um, yeah. But I enjoyed victory. I was like, well, where's her story then? So, I mean, yeah. like, Chastity's fine, but... I mean, but anyway, so when she was talking about throwing this is going to be cool. She's going to start, like, throwing knives at them, and, like, that didn't happen either. And that's no. fine, but, like, that's what I was expecting. Let's have some, like, I don't know, hunting things. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's actually kill people. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> let's see how that translates in a moment. All right. Yeah. Um, number three is, do you, did you feel that there was like true chemistry between Luke and Chastity? Um, do you believe that they were in love? And so like, just again, this is a novella. So like everything, a trope in romance novels, one of them is a very popular one is like insta love, right? Or like faded mates, right? So like you see somebody and it's like, that's it. Obviously, that's unrealistic, but it's a big thing. And it's kind of just like one of those things about a genre that you just accept as true. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that's actually the thing that ca- that uh, I found basically unbelievable. Sure. So it was, believ- it was believable, kind of believable for him because they explain it mm-hmm. as like an element to how his people work, essentially. You know, that there's mm-hmm. almost a paranormal ability to know. And once you know, you're kind of bound to pursue. Right. So it makes sense for him. For her, mm-hmm. it didn't. <laughs> but I he, thought it was, he carved stuff to you. Yeah. Carved stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was it read more as to me it read more as like intrigue and passion mm-hmm. and not as love. Like even him did he even he didn't it didn't read so much as love to me as sort of like instinct. Mm-hmm. Um so for him it seemed like instinct. He's going on this like internal drive and clock. There's a compass inside that says go that way. Mm-hmm. Um and for her she just seemed very very confused but also kind of swept away by his um magnetism, you know what I mean? Like his sort of she was propelled along by his, you know, uh, emotional force. Right. Well, Andy was hot, right? And that helps. So I'm sh- I'm sure that helps. <laughs> I mean, I, pair, I guess I'm, I'm assuming. And, assuming, and yes. I mean, he has, he doesn't watch TV. He has a VCR. You know what I mean? That's charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they both like cupcakes. I mean, yeah, that's a hard, yeah. that's a hard request to fill. You know what I mean? It, 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 cupcakes are terrible. <laughs> Thank God I found some. <laughs> she found somebody else who likes cupcakes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> That happened. <laughs> so yeah, I I mean like like I said, it's it, that's one of the tropes is is this idea of, of faded mates. I I do think that she tried to give chastity like a like why she she liked Luke. I mean, she just finding out that he's like actually a sensitive person. But you're right, there is this idea that the female is kind of d- drawn in by just the insistence in the 
the force of the guy's feelings and desire for her, I guess, or just like whatever. But his um, certainty too. She seemed compelled by his, cer- he's so certain of right. what he's doing right. and she's so uncertain about what she's doing, you know? Yeah. Well, she does think that he eats people. So, I mean, that's a really yes. big roadblock. You know? I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one, one doesn't want to, you know, just, we're going to put like the bones. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a you know. lot. Hey, look, there's problems in every relationship. She's got to work through it. True. That's the key to a long-term relationship. Yeah, that and just um, drugs, I guess. <laughs> it's cupcakes, benign, man. Benign. It's cupcakes, you know? Yes, it's true. If, well, it's... if your man's going to murder people, might as well have a cupcake. Right, and he did throw, he'd had, there is that, I thought it was a cute moment when he was like, I don't want I, these cupcakes, and he threw the cupcake behind him. But also at the same time, I was like, why are you wasting a cupcake? It's yeah. like sacrilege. I agree with that. I mean, <laughs> lack of judgment there, you know. Yeah. All right. So moving on, was the conflict believable to you? Like they, why they couldn't be together? Or like, was it compelling? Did you work? It, were you on your seat? Like, are they going to make it work? <laughs> well, I had my suspicions that it was probably going to work out in the end. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, there it's was a, a logic. I think there was a logic to it, you mm-hmm. know, that was plotty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made sense in that in those terms, she's huntress, he's the thing that she should be hunting. And therefore, her core conflict is around her duty and then her personal desire that right, I think is makes sense. You know, her actions, her, the way she acted kind of didn't make sense to me. And maybe that's just a male perspective, you know, because it was not logical. There was I didn't think she was following a whole lot of decision making, you know, she's kind of riding a wave of occurrences, you know, and it seems like a lot of her essential decisions were influenced by other people. Like she has a couple conversations where she's she's like throwing her hands up, being like, "This is not going to work out. I can't. I can't think for myself." And then her family's like, "Get a grip, woman." You know, like, um, and sure. they seem all very reasonable, you know. And <laughs> uh-huh. they've been watching. You know what I mean? Like, and and he's just he's clearly knows exactly what he's doing, and because he's right. being incredibly patient, he understands what she's going through and trying right. and is trying to like yeah. give her the time to work through it. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he, like, he's he like, this is talking the, patiently for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, he's like, this is the rest of my life. So if she needs some time to get where I need her to be, that's cool. No problem, you know. Right. Um, but yeah. Well, well, I think that she, I mean, she went after him because she wanted to be a huntress. That's logical. Like, she wanted to prove herself. So they're like, that's how they met. And then mm-hmm. that all made sense. Yep. And then she kept going because she realized she they didn't have all the information on this thing that they I apparently you know have hunted for generations. So that I mean that's explains why she kept going back. I guess the part maybe you're talking about is when she's trying to decide whether or not to like accept him and be with him and fall right. in love with him, right? And so yeah, I guess she does seek outside opinions then. But I think that she the rest of it. I mean, those are her decisions i agree i just think the, the i was i was surprised that the central decision by her to choose a specific fate was really strongly influenced by other people i kind of anticipated okay. that there would be family members who were pulling around her in one way and others that would you know like when when they when other people were introduced into the story i was like oh okay mm-hmm. these are going to be those characters that are you know, once one, I knew there would be a moment where it was revealed, the truth was revealed and there would be a conflict. What I didn't expect was that she would be unresolved and they would basically be like, quit being a dipshit. Right. You know? 
Well, I mean, like, that is a hallmark of mo- a lot of romances. Like, the sassy friend or whoever who's just like, get it together. He is great. You know what I mean? Like, that does tend to happen. Yeah, I mean, like, any character that Catherine Hahn plays in a romantic comedy. And so, yeah, that happens. But I don't know that she... But she went to her family, right? Because it was a big deal yep. that, oh, this person is... So she did need that, I yep. think, like, resolution. They did apparently hunt them. Like, that was their job, I guess. And so, yep. like, probably it's important to be like, hey, guys, guess what? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be made into this werewolf for life. He's coming to the family. He's not going to eat us, I promise. Like, yep. what do you think? You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably not going to eat us, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I mean, it, it's, a lot of these things made sense. I was just surprised by it. I guess, yeah. like, I don't know some of the tropes. So my train of thought about, like, where it would go with the lead, I guess, just, it just kind of surprised me. Yeah, and I think that there is this push, like, heroines to make those decisions independently, I guess. But in this case, I understand a little bit more. But anyway, okay. Next, in your opinion, was the sex satisfying, well written? Like, was it what you were expecting? Having never read a romance novel before, did it seem realistic? I mean, obviously he's a werewolf, but like, did it seem realistic to you? Do you think it added to the story? Like what, I mean, full disclosure, I didn't, I felt like this book was all sex, like in some way, not full on, but like, and I was like, what did I just do? To <laughs> And so it felt like that was a lot of it because it's a novella and it just was all. It didn't bother me. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I, I, uh, it seemed very fantasy oriented. They were like, it was playing out some of the scenarios. Um, so was it like real sex? Not really, you know, but it made sense in the context. I mean, I, um, I think the one thing that that was like kind of weird to me was the, the alleyway like sex scene. Yeah. That was odd. I found, I found that one odd mm-hmm. in sort of how it played out, but everything else seemed fine, you know? And then the last scene, the last sex scene i was like uh-huh. okay this is like this is the important sex scene and i was like okay yeah. this make, totally makes total sense right was it did it meet your expectations of what it would be like having not by one before um no i actually thought that it would be there were mo- it was what what kind of surprised me is they were more like halfway sex scenes than mm-hmm. i thought yeah but that actually made sense to me given the nature of the story so mm-hmm. after it happened a couple of times, I was like, okay, I get this, you know? And so I was like, there's going to be like one essential sex scene to this mm-hmm. story, you know, yeah. considering the length of it and kind of the, mm-hmm. the relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, it made sense to me. Yeah. I would say that like in most romance novels, by and large, there's the kiss, there's like the, oh, we almost had sex. And then there's like actual sex. Like that seems to be the kind of the the flow, unless you get into like more erotica stuff, and it's of course a lot more. So this kind of followed that, I think. And they, I enjoyed actually the physical element, like they're hurting each other. I thought, like in the context of him being a werewolf, yes, take that opportunity to fight with each other. That was an interesting component that mm-hmm. um, isn't always there, and wouldn't work if he wasn't a werewolf and she wasn't a huntress. I mean, like if you're just reading any contemporary romance, you're gonna like stab each other. That's like no. <laughs> can't just stab somebody <laughs> right you can re- well anytime really but like especially in like during that particular moment right um yeah. i mean not with a knife anyway and so 
<laughs> like, <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. Um, and, you know, at least fun. fun. It made for like a different lead up that you don't always see. So I thought it was entertaining. And, I would agree. Yeah, so. Did this deliver high romance the way you assumed going in? Like, while you were reading it, did it feel like, oh, this is old lady porn? Did, like, you get, you know what I mean? Is that what it felt like to you? It didn't feel like old lady porn to me. Uh Not at all. Yeah. Although, you know, what do I know? I mean, right? So Mm -hmm. it didn't feel that way to me. No. But it didn't. I don't know, man. I get I know it's a romance novel. Uh (laughs) But, like, you know, I think of romance... Not, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just me personally, but romance is not so closely related to like sexual tension, uh-huh. as as it as it clearly is in these books. Uh-huh. Which, uh, you know, maybe that's just a my point of view or a slightly more male point of view. But I think of romance yeah. developing in books like A Farewell to Arms, which okay. I actually think of, you know, since the core of it is. A romance between two characters, you know. Uh, does the woman die in that book? She does. Yeah. Naturally. Well, I mean, it's like one of the ones that set that you know tone. Those the last pages are just horrible in that in that book. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, just so okay. Well, that's fu- that's fair. But did you? I mean, this is kind of dramatic in 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 the there. I mean, the story setup is. She hunts him and he's the hunt, right? Like that in yep. itself is a big plot, like, right? That's like a a huge, will they, how do they figure this out and stuff? And so. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's, it, of- it's interesting too, in that she's the hunter, ostensibly, right. he's hunted. Mm-hmm. But in truth, right. that's not what the dynamic is reversed, yes. which is part of her confusion, you know? Because mm-hmm. she likes being hunted, you know? Um, Does she? I mean, I guess. Yeah. I don't say so. All right. Did you find this book funny? I did find it funny. Mm-hmm. I think I found it funny in places where it was intentionally funny and then in places where I don't think it was intentionally funny. Any, um, yeah. I think she does a really good job. Like, And that's what I enjoyed about those stabbing scenes was that it was funny. I thought she did it. I think that she is clever. I mean, I, of course, there's some of it like a little cheap, of course. But I think she's funnier than a lot of of romance writers that mm-hmm. I've I've read. I liked the I liked her character in that like she was you know she was playing him for a month. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I just thought the dialogue was oh, was cute and that was clever in a lot of places. Like I said, that lead up went almost like a subversive type of humor that I I appreciated. I- I would agree. I mean, I think that it was the tone was just right for yeah. for the story mm-hmm. and the pacing and all that. You know. Well, I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition because you don't see. I mean, like, like I said, I read a lot of like paranormal. Like none of them are funny. <laughs> like they're <laughs> all like. I, I mean, some of them can be a little tongue in cheek, but they're all just mostly just dark, you know, and this everything is in New Orleans or like some something with alleys, you know what I mean? Like right, it's right. all in like or four dark forests or whatever. And this was very much just set in modern times with like modern people who were funny and witty and like self aware in a way that just was isn't 
in all books and especially books about werewolves and paranormal. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I got some of the, the, you know, sort of color of a little bit of camp in it, you know, and, yeah. which I like, I think was great. You know, yeah. it, I, I actually feel, I know, I know it takes some people out, but I feel like it's easier to get into because it doesn't take itself so seriously. And it feels mm-hmm. like a campy stuff has a uniformity to it. It all feels like it fits together. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a good choice tone wise. It makes sense to me. Well, I think that what I hopefully that you'll find when you uh, read the other books uh, on that you picked is that so much of romance is tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? So much is supposed to be campy that it's, it, people don't get it. You know what I mean? Like all, like Bridgerton, for example, which was that huge show on Netflix. I'm sure that you've heard of it. All of those books, they're like eight books in a series. They're super tongue in cheek. They're like the first books that I, the first romance novels that I ever read. I was like, Oh, this is funny. There's room for funny and campy and, you know, like self awareness and cheekiness in romance, but like, in a way that I had not read before. So like, it's nice now that we're in kind of this time where like people get it. You can, you can accept that like women are fun <laughs> and like romance can be funny. It's still in this kind of, not everything is a Hallmark Christmas movie, right? Like there right. are, there are characters that are complicated and fully formed and irreverent and all these things that like just didn't, we just didn't exist. Before. Yep. No, I mean, I think it's, yeah, I think it's good. All right. And then next question. So this is written in third person point of view. And so in the viewpoint switches between the feet, like chastity and Luke. And so one of the questions that I always ask myself when I'm like writing or reading, first of all, did you find it distracting? Cause like most books, a lot of books don't do that. It's like a, you know, third person omniscient and it's like just that one thing where you're in that one head the entire time. So did you find that distracting? And then did being in Luke's point of view seem authentic to you? Did you feel like these are thoughts dudes would think and like these are things do like men would say? Like how did you feel about it? Um first one was it distracting, let's go back. Yeah, so it I actually think it was a little bit. So I don't think it was necessary to go in his head at all. Oh, okay. Um, I probably, I mean, I think it would have made just as much sense <laughs> uh-huh. to stay with her the whole time because okay. she's hunting him. So she could have observed all his behaviors and we would have seen it from her perspective and been confused with her and things like that. So, you know, I think it was a fine choice, but mm-hmm. we definitely didn't need him. And then the things that he did and thought, I thought were um, sort of idealized. Okay. Men, I don't think men think of things in these ways, but he's a werewolf, so you know, whatever, it's fine, right? <laughs> <It's a werewolf. laughs> he's more sensitive, you know. Like werewolves are just like no. So okay, so this this kind of gets at one of the things I actually thought was kind of interesting about this book that they really. So I, I kind of said earlier that this is a more traditional story than I thought. Okay. There are the there are themes in this book which I think are pretty. I, I mean, I assume I assume they were intentional, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like this resonates in general mm-hmm. because there it's kind of a uh i don't know how to say it it's sort of like uh there is sort of a view of this male character he's incredibly powerful i mean the first time you meet him he overpowers one of the main the main characters and right. then she survives because he lets her go so he makes a choice not mm-hmm. to use you know whatever his essential power 
to dominate a woman, right? right? That kind of sets him up as a character who has the potential for violence, right. but chooses not to utilize it, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there is kind of a narrative about men that is very related to that, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And so he serves as kind of a proxy, Mm-hmm. And he does a lot of stuff, which is pretty despicable. He's basically a stalker, you know, sure. and he has these violent inner impulses, which it's taken him a long time to overcome. He admits right. to uh-huh. doing terrible things to people in the past. You know, I mean, you know, but right. at this point in his life, he's essentially transcended those animal impulses and become the kind of person who's essentially ready to like deal with a woman. Right. right. <laughs> uh-huh. So in that way, he's like very idealized yeah. and that he has all of these negative characteristics that are like uh, talked about in males but has overcome them in a way that is acceptable to the heroine in the story and but what's interesting about that is that part of the narrative is that they he and he and werewolves like him have a society in which this is essential part of becoming sort of like an adult and accepted and people who can't do that are not accepted by that community so there's like a social element that says that yes these qualities, we understand them, they're part of who we are, and that there's a social contract that says to be one of us, you have to overcome this stuff, right? right? Which I think is true too. So there's this interesting dynamic between sort of the werewolf society and sort okay. of what I think is perceived as sort of a patriarchal society. There's these negative aspects. And so yeah. then you have this female character who's extremely independent, strong-willed, Mm-hmm. wants to chart her own path, is not happy with sort of the path that people have laid out for her. That's an interesting mm-hmm. theme in and of itself. You could mm-hmm. have lots of stories about just that one thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what it becomes is the connection between this female protagonist who is independent and is essentially being asked to give up that level of auton- autonomy and join the sort of formal society where like, there's all these characteristics of people that she's supposed to be in opposition to. And then you have this male character who his only goal, he's basically, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's like almost got like incel vibes about like <laughs> attracting this woman. Uh-huh. But he is sort of the personification of some of these, what are traditional values, essentially. Right. And so he's essentially a representative of sort of like traditional values. Mm-hmm. And she's a representative of more progressive values. And at the end of the story, she agrees to kind of come into that fold. I found that very, that was kind of surprising in, in terms of theme to me. Uh-huh. Um, but I well, thought it was pretty interesting, you know? Uh-huh. Well, I love this take. I love that you put so much thought into it. I love these parallels. First, I th- yes, sure. Okay. But is she just because, I mean, but when she takes him on, is he not also entering into her society? You know what I mean? Like, aren't they when they join like yes she's i don't know if she's exactly co-signing other werewolves being you know cannibals or whatever but he's also he's not either though i mean in the story he talks about like hey those are the rabid ones i forget what he calls them right you know um yeah we get it we get he's basically like we get it go ahead go you know your family's (laughs) doing a good job you know, they give us a bad name kind of a thing. Right. Um, so they are calling those people out of their society, right? So yeah, they yeah, are saying, like, this is not acceptable, right? And even his parents kick him out because he can't get his shit together, right? They're like, we don't want anything to do with you. So, like, yeah. I, 
he understands that he has to be part of this progressive society, right? But you're right. He still does things like stalk her. And well, I mean, like his success, but his success is to come back into the fold. He, 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 he gets kicked out, then basically comes back. And even if he's not like living with them, he's living the values that they represent, right? He gets over those animal impulses. He's out, you know, eating Bambi instead of Susie kind of a thing. You right, know. and my best, apparently. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was so casual. I'm it was like, so casual, I, yeah. That's what yeah. I liked about it. Just ate a few rapists, it's fun. Yeah, they, I mean, they deserved it, it right? Yeah, sure, of course. I mean, like, sh- I'm sure that they did, but it was just the way it was. And I that was deliberate, and it worked, and it was funny. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny, too, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, anyway, so... But even his, but even when he describes his mother and father, it it seems like she's the the alpha in that relationship. So like, is is that society really as traditional as as we? No, I mean, I, mean, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think it's you know uh, when I say patriarchal, I don't mean specifically male dominated. I mean it has the sort of telltale signs of what we might identify as patriarchy now. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a werewolf society. It can be truly matriarchal in the strictest sense. And it's, it would still make sense because there's these sort of a traditional kind of color to it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that's why this man is a, is a werewolf because like, like I said before, you can't, you can't stalk a girl in romance novels anymore. Like it's not, I mean, you can, some people do, but it's like not cool anymore. <laughs> I mean, was it ever cool? Was, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean like you, if you read um, like books from like, even as late early as the night, late as the night, there's, I've gone back and read books that I thought were kind of like my formative romance novels growing up. I'm like, Oh my God. I, and I think like, how did women ever get to the, how did I, it's just so i mean there's stock there's stalking there's talking down to there's no room for choice and like look i i still love all of those old romances and like the kidnapping is a huge one that happened all the time like spanking not in a good way you know what i mean like it's just it's a lot of like archaic just patriarchy stuff so like it's interesting and so that's why that that man is, is a werewolf right. who kind of evolved from I mean, hopefully. I mean, the stalky stuff made sense from the perspective of werewolf because he is kind of operating on instinct and he's literally hunting her in, in a sense, you know. Well, he was nice, you know what I mean? <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> and so awkward i thought that was another thing that was cute he was very awkward at, at yeah. first and then by the end i felt weird with all the loves and the dark and i was like i don't know if i love yeah. this but you know you're gonna do what you're gonna do yeah yeah I, I did think the dynamics were interesting in this book i don't know if it's just uh it might just be in part that i'm just not used to the tropes i'm not used to the sort of sort of accepted arc of things mm-hmm. in this kind of book. Um, yeah, but some of the some of his characterization I thought was a little odd. Because he's very awkward in like the cutesy way from afar. Mm-hmm. But then in intimate moments he was like incredibly confident and um mm-hmm. that's not like you talk to dudes, it's not like it's very often not like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like intimate moments can often be the the time when 
when a lot of guys are like very unclear about what to do, you know? So that, that seemed more like fantasy than anything, you know? The, right. Like, um, so in a way he was like idealized when he's a, when he's a far, he's fawning and awkward and cute. And then when he needs to perform quote unquote, you know, he's like in it to win it and fully. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's interesting. I think that probably is a female fantasy that like, yes, there's this night, there's this world that exists where like guys are like nice and awkward and sweet, but like also just beasts, you know, but like that doesn't, that I mean, obviously that doesn't really happen. Like if somebody's awkward, they're just awkward. They're just awkward <laughs> like, yeah. So, but anyway, but there's, I, and that's, that's actually interesting to think about. Like that's like a, I think that is like a specific becoming like a specific romance hero at, at this point, like the awkward, but like stud in the, in the bedroom or whatever. It's so, not that different for like men, uh, for men have a very similar fantasy with women that, that a woman is, Poised and demure in public, but in private, you know, she's yeah. wild. That's very right. common too. So I wouldn't say that's like out of the ordinary. Yeah, one of my favorite things. Do you ever watch um, New Girl? Anyway, it was Zoe Deschanel, and there's <laughs> there's one part where the male, one of the male characters, is having an argument with his girlfriend, and he's just like, "All men want is for you to be in an alley with a short skirt and a purse, playing a saxophone and lots of jewels." <laughs> And you girls just don't listen, do you? It's something like that. <laughs> like, it's that simple what guys want. And, like, women just try to make it extremely complicated. Yeah. Anyway, any final thoughts about this book? We, anything we didn't cover that you want to talk about? Any other observations that you found important? Uh, the, only thing I'll, the only thing I'll say to kind of wrap it up is it was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. So, you know, uh-huh. I don't know that I was giving it a fair shake to begin with. Uh-huh. And uh, at the end of it, I was like, okay. You know, I get it. Yeah. Did you read it all in one sitting? Did you like, did. break it up? Oh, okay. So it's, it took, it's like, it was like two hours or something. Two hours. Yeah. I would say just shy of that. Yeah. 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 It was a very quick read. So not long. Yeah. It was quick. All right. Well, that's good. I'm glad it wasn't a harrowing experience. It has been for some people. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it has not been pleasant. For some, and I have had to hear about it a lot. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, our conversations about writing and your writing and this genre, I think I have an interest in it that is not just about a specific story, but about the genre in general. I'm very curious about it. So maybe that helps a little, Uh but I would say just objectively, it was better than I thought. Right. I'm glad. And I do think that the humor helps. Like in yeah. knowing in knowing that something is tongue in cheek and that something is purposely campy does ease entry into this genre. Because it's not all like just whisking people away on a pirate ship or whatever. Like it, yeah. it, like at one time that it wasn't again still great, still love a pirate ship, still love sailing or whatever. But like there is it is modernizing and so it's been just like i said like for me as a reader and a writer it's it's nice to feel that it's that it's opening up there's still like stand there's still things that like if the happy happily ever after it's never gonna change the happy ending that's never gonna change right but yeah, and like, it shouldn't i mean i think it's no god you know, what's the, like the point oh, god. Yeah. um but anyway all right so last game you have i'm gonna read two short passages you have to guess which one is like literary fiction and which one it comes from a romance novel okay all right are you ready get your Never been ready. cap on i'm ready 
<laughs> All right. Life among academics has had taught me that a well-expressed opinion is usually better than a badly expressed fact, so far as professional advancement goes. <laughs> that's very true. Anyway, men do like to talk. So that's the first one. <laughs> Second one is, I waited not for light, but for that doom, which we call female victory, which is endure and then endure without rhyme or reason or hope of reward, and then endure. That's so accurate. (laughs) That one's harder. Um, I think the first is the romance, and the second is the literary fiction. Okay. Uh, Any reason? Um, Choice of phrase, and they both seem like preambles to some other thought. Um, All right, fair enough. You are right. The first one was Outlander by Diana Gabaldon, also a series on... I think it's on Amazon Prime now. It's actually a really, it's a pretty good show. It's time travel. But, uh, and the second one is William Faulkner, Absalom, Absalom. Yeah. So I thought that, I've never read that quote before. I love, I actually do love William Faulkner. Um, <laughs> anyway, so just to wrap up, so congratulations, you won both games. <laughs> Great. Uh, your reward is continued friendship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome oh. all right so just to wrap up so do you think i mean like do you think that now after reading this and like having this discussion do you think on your own that you will read or watch more romance like on your own like i know you've got you're gonna read other books for this but like do you think that would be something that you might entertain i think i would re- entertain reading but probably not watching no yeah i gotcha yeah so do you think that you would read more paranormal i think that i'll probably try to read other genres just to Mm -hmm. see the parody between them and figure out who the sort of exemplar authors are Mm -hmm. that's typically how i approach sort of new areas of reading so that'd probably be what i would do well talia hibbert is um foremost right now one of the and she writes she's um own voices and she writes about neurodivergent characters like people with chronic pain a real like real size people uh so she writes a lot of those kind of modern characters and she's i mean one of the biggest names in romantic comedy i would say right now so this is one of her early earlier books and yeah she's kind of skyrocketed uh since then so it's exciting to see and i think she's like she is funny so it makes sense Um, yeah i'd be i'd be curious to read a full-length novel of hers it's it's hard to i mean some novellas are amazing you know Mm -hmm. um i think it's hard to get the range of an author with that sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah i agreed and i thought but i thought that for a novella that i mean there were some gaps in in characterization as far it mainly i guess where chastity was concerned but i think she did a good job of making us invested in the short span of time it was and just interested um i think she did a great job with like the story setup and completion of the story i mean it was resolved we we weren't left wondering about anything Mm -hmm. like except you know maybe he's gonna eat people but like probably not again i think it's fine but um so yeah i think that for another it was one of the definitely one of the better novellas I've read. that wasn't just a one-hander for porn you know what i mean that's what mm-hmm. a lot of novellas are now uh, which is fine i'm not like whatever you're gonna do it gonna do it so yeah i thought it was great mm-hmm. no no it's interesting awesome. i'm curious to read the next one and talk about it awesome i think this is funny well thank you so much 
It was awesome to talk to you, and I hope that you'll be back. Yeah, it was good. All right, Gio, that is it. Now tell me that you love romance. I love romance. <laughs>